Welcome to Analyzing Finance with Nick. This video, I'm going to talk about Belgium and whether Belgium is going to become the European version of the District of Columbia and what that means for Belgium's economy. Belgium is one of the more successful economies in the European Union. It has one of the highest levels of GB per capita in the block, as well as one of the highest levels of human development. Historically, Belgium's economy was built on industry and manufacturing. 10% of its exports still are polished diamonds, and Belgium still has a variety of other industrial exports, but to a lesser degree in their past, such as automobiles, steel, and chemicals. Uh, Belgium is also a big uh, foodstuff exporter, and Belgium is famous for its chocolate and its beer. Uh, However, really in the modern era, which uh, the thing that saved Belgium has really been its increased role in supranational government. The story of Belgium is very similar to that of Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, which is the combined statistical area of the DMV, D.C. metro area, etc., uh, Baltimore was one of America's most important ports. At one point, it was the second busiest port and the second biggest city, really, in America in terms of economic importance, only to New York. And Baltimore was also a center of heavy industry. However, as we had the deindustrialization of a lot of the Northeast and the Rust Belt, uh, Baltimore fell victim to that, and its relative fortunes have sunk over the last 50 years. However, you don't really hear much about Baltimore and the decline of the D.C. metro area as much because unlike a lot of Midwestern metropolitan areas, uh, the D.C. metro area got carried by a, a new industry. Um, really not so new, but one that gained a lot of power and its growth superseded the decline of industry in Baltimore. And that is the growth of the federal government and all of the businesses that either contract for the federal government or lobby heavily to the federal government. And Belgium is a similar situation, except instead of its own government, which is largely inept and hopelessly divided between two language groups in the country, it is instead by the EU government. And Brussels, is a, has become since it's become the capital of the EU, has become a much more important city than it has been in prior history. And really ever since Franklin Roosevelt renegotiated the role of the federal government in society with the New Deal, Washington DC became a much more important city relative to the rest of the nation as well. I'll go more into the DC versus Belgium comparisons later in this video. But just keep that in mind because really the upside trajectory for Belgium really hinges on the EU government and whether the EU government continues to grow. Um, not necessarily just in terms of the role of the state because the role of the state in the EU and in, in, on a member state level is very high, especially compared to the United States. So Europe has much larger social safety nets. It has a much more aggressive regulatory state and public workers as a percentage of their economy and government spending as a percentage of GDP in most Western European countries is far higher 
than that in the U.S. The bigger question in terms of the growth of government then for Belgium is not in is not in the growth of the role of government versus the private sector, but whether the European government increasingly federalizes and consolidates uh, around Brussels because the EU is not a unitary sovereign nation. There is no political union, or at least not yet. Whereas the United States has 50 states, but there, there, there are a, a political union with a national capital in D.C. The EU is a supranational organization which has more might than, say, like the Arab League or Mercosur, which are more informal trade agreements and cultural exchanges. But if not at the same point, a single sovereign state they have member individual countries that still have their own foreign policies, still have their own fiscal policies, even though they share a currency such as the euro. And so they're not fully consolidated. A lot of the EU struggle has been the inconsistencies of the member states with the needs of their economies being greatly divergent, yet them all sharing, at least in the eurozone, the same currency. And that's created a lot of problems because you have a European Central Bank, which has a standard monetary policy, but has to apply the divergent factors of each of the member states. That'd be like if the Fed had to base interest rates based on the inflation rates in California relative to that in Texas. Uh, that would make their job a lot, and the public finances of each state. Uh, in the U.S., there is a consolidated fiscal policy where the federal government takes a much larger role in terms of both the social safety net and social defense and overall government spending. And state governments have a smaller role and have to be required to balance their budgets. Whereas in the case of the EU, the EU's budget is on the supranational level is a lot smaller than it is relative to the federal government versus the member states. And the member states are not required to have balanced budgets like the U.S. states do because they can't really hand off liabilities to the federal government to the same degree. And so if the EU does consolidate and become more federal and becomes more uh, of a political union, then Belgium is going to heavily benefit from this because Belgium is effectively the metropolitan area of the capital. And so a lot of government roles that were previously done on the member state level will move up to the federal level and that will require more employment and more business and if the European Union becomes more powerful on the federal level uh, they're going to have to have they're going to develop their own version of K Street they probably already have it but it'll be more pronounced more of a lobbying presence a lot of contractors will move their headquarters to be closer to the policymakers that they have to talk to on a daily basis to uh, make sure that they get their government contracts and or stay in the good graces of the leadership. And so you'll see Brussels be continue to become a more important city in the world. And Belgium, as effectively the metropolitan area of Brussels to this degree, become more prosperous. 
And we'll see, we've seen this as allegories with the growth of Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. was a typical mid-tier city in the U.S. for most of its history. However, in the last 30 years, Washington, D.C. has grown to being either the seventh or the fourth biggest metropolitan area in the country, depending if you count Baltimore as part of the D.C. area or not. And it has the highest average income among major metropolitan areas with uh, the, the average GB per capita in D.C. in almost $100,000 U.S. per year. And some um, six of the top 10 wealthiest individual counties in the United States are in the D.C. metropolitan area. What this says about the role of government and uh, the, the relative pay of being tied to the state in the country is a political question for another time. But this comparison can be see what happens to Belgium in the event of a consolidation. Another fact the EU breaks up, or if the EU devolves power to the member state levels and goes back to being more of a cooperative organization and less of a head of a confederation in a quasi state type entity that it is right now, then Brussels will become less important. There'll be less jobs moving to Brussels. There won't need to be the lobby infrastructure and the contractors close by. And Belgium will become like a Rust Belt state in the United States with declining industry and not enough of other private sector uh, services that are globally competitive. And the other difference, though, too, is that federal power, and I know that's not the right word, but I'm using it just as a lack of a better one for an explanation here, is more distributed in the EU, whereas like in the U.S., most federal departments are headquartered in the D.C. metro area. I mean, they do have branches across the country, and the U.S. government has made an effort to spread government jobs more broad-based instead of all in the D.C. metro area, but it's still overwhelmingly in the D.C. metro area. Whereas in the EU, it's a little bit more spread out just from the beginning. The European Council, which is the equivalent of the executive branch of the European Union, the Council of the European Union, the European Commission, which is also the other component of the European Union's executive branch, are all based in Brussels. The European Parliament rotates between Brussels and Strasbourg. Uh, the European Central Bank is actually in Frankfurt, not in Belgium. And the Court of Justice of the European Union, which is, I guess, their equivalent of the Supreme Court, is in Luxembourg, which is not in Belgium, but it's fairly close by. And the European Court of Auditors is also in Luxembourg. So it's a little bit more broadly distributed, which also means it may not fully converge with an economic path as same as Washington, D.C. And the other difference is Belgium has a lot more um, of a private sector economy that has a longer history outside of ties to the government than the D.C. metro area does. In this section, I'm going to be comparing Belgium to the D.C. metro area on a more granular level. Uh, they are surprisingly a lot more similar than you'd think. If you look at the map here, this is Belgium being overrun greater 
mid-Atlantic region. As you could see, Belgium is about the size of the D.C. metro area, plus Baltimore and the Maryland Eastern Shore. I don't know if for those who live in the DMV who watch this, would you count the Maryland Eastern Shore as part of the D.C. metro area? I probably would not, but uh, let me know what you think. But So it's slightly bigger land-wise than the greater D.C. metro area. But the population is also considerably larger as well. Belgium's population is 11.5 million. The D.C. metro area is 6.4 million. If you just count D.C., the Maryland suburbs of D.C., and the northern Virginia suburbs of D.C., if you expand that to include like Greater Baltimore, which is the CSA, the combined area, or known as the DMV, that population goes up to 9.9 million. Uh, the nominal uh, GDP for both is very similar, with 624 billion for Belgium and 630 billion for the DC metro area, excluding Greater Baltimore. Uh, the GDP per capita, however, is quite a bit different. Uh, DC, as I mentioned before, has one of the highest GDP per capita in the United States at $95,590 per year. And for Belgium, it's at $53,377,000 per year. Uh, Fortune 500 companies on a global scale, uh, Belgium has two. The most notable of these are um, Anheuser-Busch InBev, which is the largest brewer in the world. And then they also have a local Belgian bank as the other company in the goal of Fortune 500. Uh, as for the DC metro area, there are six of them. However, most of them are defense contractors, which include uh, Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, Raytheon. And then in terms of non-defense contractor or government contracting companies and of the Global Force 500 for DC, they include Marriott and Capital One. So the DC economy isn't completely as undiversified as generally thought, but it still heavily revolves around government. Speaking of the influence of government in the economy, the public sector employment is high in both regions with DC being at 25% of the workforce being in the public sector at 32% in Belgium. Some would be surprised with Belgium having a higher level of public employment uh, compared to the nation's capital, but European countries in general tend to have much higher levels of public employment relative to the private sector and much bigger roles of government spending as a percentage of GDP. In fact, if the EU does consolidate and bring in more European federal government workers to the metro area, it will only probably increase that number. And then both regions are also known for being some of the highest tax places within their respective areas. Uh, DC is one of the higher tax places in the United States. It's not as high as, say, California or Hawaii or Oregon, but it's still up there uh, with a 10.75% uh, district income tax for those who make more than a million USD per year. Whereas Belgium, they don't just have high taxes for the rich, they have high taxes for everybody. Uh, 
the income level to go into the 50% bracket. And 50% means 50% Belgium because the level of deductions are far lower for taxes than they are in the United States is only 46,000 US dollars per year or about 43,000 euro. Whereas in the DC metro area, no matter how high your income gets, your marginal rate never really gets past 50%. Um, and the highest it gets is 48% at 1 million or greater per year. So taxes are high in blue regions of the US, but compared to Europe, the consequence of those high taxes are mainly consolidated among very high income earners. And even then it doesn't go to the same degree. Like if somebody's making a million dollars a year in Belgium, their taxes, depending on what region they live in locally within the country, can be anywhere from 55 to 70 plus percent um, marginal income tax rates at million dollars plus per year. So uh, yeah, Belgium is not a good place if you want to get ahead financially just for that reason. Uh, and that doesn't even count that for most items, Belgium is a 21% VAT, which is much higher than any sales tax rate in the United States. The bottom line for Belgium is that what's going to happen with Brussels and what's going to happen with consolidation of the EU. If the EU continues to get more powerful on an absolute basis and also on a relative basis in uh, government institutions and government revenues get more concentrated on a federal level and the EU does form a political union, then Belgium will continue to prosper and it will be the equivalent of the DC metro area for the European continent and the EU. If that does not happen, then Belgium will sink on a relative basis, still be a developed nation, but it will have its growth struggles similar to some former industrial hubs that have failed to adapt to the more globalized manufacturing environment. And if it stays like this quasi in-between state with a, just a slow growth of government, but never really getting to full unitary state, they'll probably have the path that they are right now. Uh, on an individual basis, again, Belgium has relatively dysfunctional politics on the member state level and has one of the higher debt-to-GDPs among the um, Eurozone countries. It's often a borderline pig in that way, given uh, the level of fiscal imbalances there. But that really is going to be superseded by just the relative growth and power of Brussels, kind of like how the finances of the district level government in Washington, D.C. and Maryland are really secondary to the pull of the federal government itself. Uh, let me know what you think, especially for my European uh, viewers. Is Brussels becoming the Washington, D.C. of Europe? Um, would this be a welcome development or a negative development? How is Belgium's private sector uh adapt to such a heavily regulated regulatory and high tax environment uh let me know your thoughts and we'd love to have your comments and continue the conversation and if you like the content that we discuss on this channel 
please like, subscribe, and share the content with people you know or on relevant platforms of social media. Thank you for watching.